0: down at the 20. As zone
1: touchdown, Calvin Johnson. Stafford and Megatron get the Lions right back in this game. Brady, caught, touchdown, Julian Edelman. Go to your 2004 NBA champion Detroit Pistons. Congratulations. you're listening to Rough in the Basket hosted by Brandon Carr and Noah Burns presented by The Daily Goat Welcome back to Rough in the Basket I am your host as always Noah Burns What is up Brandon Carr Oh wait a second this is not Brandon Carr this is Jason Pombo CEO of The Daily Goat What is up Jason
0: Hey, Noah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad to be back on Roughing the Basket. This is probably my fourth or fifth appearance. I enjoy it every time.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, Carr right now, he is gone. He's on vacation for a little bit. He'll be back for next week. But for now, you know, we're going to be going over the AFC East today, and I figured who better to talk about, you know, the Patriots or the, the division that the Patriots are in, whether the, uh, other than the guy that attends every single Patriots home game, you know? <laughs> Dude, that must be that must be the life, man. Having season tickets for the Patriots, I'm a little jealous, not gonna lie. But we'll we'll it was, get into it the was in yeah. a second. We're we're gonna start off though with the Jets. You know, we've been doing the over unders here on Rough in the basket, and the Jets have the lowest over under at six and a half. And now, I mean, I'll just start out by saying I do think the Jets higher. They're they're higher. Their head coach, great hire. However, I'm just. I'm still not a fan of this roster. I don't think they did that much to upgrade. If anything, I think there's a slight argument they actually downgraded in terms of their roster in the offseason. Um, I'm not a fan of Zach Wilson. I've made that known on the podcast. And, you know, maybe it's too early to be critical of him. He, he did have one preseason star already, and he went six for nine with 63 yards, showed some promise. But, you know, that's too small of a sample size to make any assessment on. But their future definitely lies in his hands right now. And, uh, yeah, Jason, what's, what's your thoughts so far on the Jets? You think they're going to go the over or the under here?
0: So for me, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I, ha- I think they went six games. That's my prediction. I think they go six and 11. They were at six and a half, right? That you just read? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I take the under at six and 11. Uh, when you look at this Jets team, I think Robert Sala, I mean, the jury's obviously unknown about him. Uh, what he can be in the future. I think as a defensive coordinator in San Francisco, uh, he did his job adequately in the 49ers for a time and one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, when you look at Zach Wilson, uh, you're pretty, you've made your uh, case clear. You're not a Zach Wilson fan, which is no. fine. But w- with that, you're not alone because I was reading reports a couple weeks ago. He was struggling in practice. He was good for uh, interceptions often during training camp. And it was making Some Jets executives weary about Zach Wilson and his future. Uh, So I guess you're not alone in that argument. But Wilson, I think he looked decent in his preseason debut. He made some throws. He was accurate. Uh, But one criticism that you didn't mention about the Jets uh, that I'm going to bring up is the Jets quarterback room. Uh, So when you look at the Jets quarterback room, there is no veteran presence there. Uh, When you have a young rookie quarterback, someone like Zach Wilson, who is inexperienced, Uh, coming from a school like BYU, you always want someone there that's been there, done that, that could help them out. Uh, For example, like the Patriots with Mac Jones, they have Brian Hoyer there. Brian Hoyer is one of the best mentors in the NFL. Uh, That's been clear. You look at other young quarterbacks around the league, Jimmy Garoppolo's with Trey Lance. Uh, You look at a situation like, even in trying to think off the top of my head, uh, how about a situation along the magnitude of the Houston Texans? So you look at Obviously, Deshaun Watson, when he got drafted there, uh, they had a guy, also Brian Hoyer, who was there. So, it's been like that throughout. Look at Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor. So, you you go on and on and on, and the situation seems like you always have that veteran presence, and the Jets just don't have that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, another point to be made is their defense. Their defense last year was absolutely atrocious. You know, um, from my point of view, I don't really see that they really did that much to upgrade other than bringing in a defensive-minded head coach in Sala. Um, last year, just reading off their, their stats in terms of uh, what they gave up, last year they gave up 34 touchdowns and only had 10 interceptions uh, on the defensive side of things. So, And that's that's passing. So, you know, they, they weren't good with the pass defense. They weren't that great with rush defenses as well. And overall, they gave up the seventh most points in the NFL. Definitely struggled on the defensive side of the ball. There wasn't really that much positive things to say about the Jets last year. They uh, arguably should have had zero wins, or they came (laughs) very, very close to that. You know, and now Adam Gase isn't there, their head coach. And like I said, I do think that they made the right hire there. I think six and a half wins is way too high for this team, Um, especially you mentioned it, having a rookie quarterback. Who isn't experienced at all? I think he's going to struggle. There's going to be a big learning curve there. They don't have an experienced quarterback. Their running back room isn't all that great as well. They did bring in uh, Tevin Coleman, Tevin yep. Coleman, and uh, I I do like him, but I don't think he's he's good enough to obviously like propel them to you know victories. So I don't see them doing that well this year. I honestly think that they won't get above four wins.
0: So you think they go four and thirteen?
1: I do, yes.
0: So the one positive thing about the Jets uh, that I will say, I think they drafted well this past season. Uh, in particular in the offensive end, I like the running back they drafted, Michael Carter from North Carolina. Uh, they drafted him in the middle of the draft. I forget what round it was, but nonetheless, I think he can be a player. Uh, they also added some help in terms of a receiver. Uh, in the draft, They had Elijah Moore. Uh, they drafted Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore was somebody that was high on everyone's draft board. Uh, some called him even a first-round talent. And the Jets got him in the second round. And I thought that was huge.
1: Yeah, that is, that is definitely a a good, good point. And I also like another wide receiver that they got on the off season, Corey Davis from Tennessee. That's another positive. And I think that, you know, I think they're doing everything in their power to give Zach Wilson a chance to succeed in the NFL, which is something they did not do with Sam Darnold. You know, like I've said this before, I think Zach Wilson, his NFL comparison honestly is Sam Darnold and I think he's more athletic than Sam Donald for sure, but I think Sam Donald and him are very similar in in terms of what they bring to this team. And I think they should have just kept Sam Donald and built around him instead of bringing in Zach Wilson. I mean, obviously, time will tell if uh, this take is a good one or not. But, you know, (laughs) at this point in time, I just don't see them being very competitive in a AFC East that is extremely competitive.
0: You know I like Sam Darnold a lot. Like, we were talking about it before we started the podcast. I think Sam Darnold's going to have a bounce-back year with Carolina. So, tell you what, when you look at the Jets, uh, everyone was saying, oh, tank for Trevor, tank for Trevor, tank for Trevor. Didn't to yeah. come to fruition. So, at that point, if you were the Jets, you would have just, it wouldn't have been a bad idea to just trade out of the pick, get a slew of first-round picks, and then just build around Sam Darnold. Because I think Darnold's ceiling, I don't want to say his ceiling is higher than Zach Wilson's, because I think some people make the comparison that Zach Wilson could be a Drew Brees, uh, in terms of arm, uh, in terms of his talent. But I don't necessarily see that. I don't hate Zach Wilson as much as you do, but I'm just unsure because it's the Jets. I'm unsure what they're going to surround him with in terms of head coach. Uh, well, again, like we talked about before, Robert Sala. Who knows what his future is going to bring? Like he's a first-year coach. Nobody knows how it's going to look. So it's a big question mark for the Jets.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, but I, I think this is pretty much all we got on the Jets. Obviously, there's there's not much there for this season, at least. Maybe in the future, things will be a little bit different. But there's still enough, not enough talent to compete with teams like the Dolphins, the Patriots, and obviously the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to move on now to the next team, the Miami Dolphins. And the Patriots both have nine as their over-under. We'll start with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Jason, what, what do you think about this team? Obviously, last year, they definitely um, overcame – some expectations that weren't very favorable for them. A lot of people didn't think that they would get above, you know, six, seven wins. They ended up with 10, and they had a very good chance of making the playoffs going into the final week. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, this team for this season? Obviously, this is a 17-game season. Do you think that they're going to come out firing like they did last season, or do you think that it's going to be a letdown?
0: Well, I'm going to have them in the under. I think they win eight games. I have them going eight and nine, uh, falling just – just below 500. So when you look at this Dolphins team, uh, this offseason was busy for them. Uh, you look what they did, uh, they adding Will Fuller in the offseason to receiver position. I think he was coming into one of the biggest um, deep threats in the NFL. Uh, he just can't stay healthy. That's been his uh, hinge over the last, I don't know, two or three years of his career. Uh, in terms of the draft, they also added a skill position player. They added receiver uh, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Uh, who some people had him as the number one receiver in this entire draft. I personally had him number two uh, behind Jamar Chase, but I think I like what they did on offense. I like, I like that as a whole, but I mean, it's impossible to deny the big question mark for the Dolphins. And the, it's the biggest wild card in Tua. Uh, Tua, who at times looked really good for the Dolphins last year and at other times looked inconsistent. And I think a lot of it can be made that look, he, he struggled his first year at times, but he can really bounce back his second year. And I, I think that's possible, but I'm still not in love with what I saw from Tua last year. And I, and I think it's just going to come down to Tua's arm. I think Tua will go as far as the Dolphins take him. I like their defense. Uh, I love their head coach, Brian Flores. I think he can coach in this league. I like how they got the Xavier and Howard situation figured out. Uh, they added Jason McCourty, who's going to play safety for them. So the secondary, other than Xavier Howard, it's a little bit of a question mark. Uh, I think when you look at that in terms of their front seven, uh, there's some things to be excited about. They added Adam Butler, former New England Patriot, uh, who can be a difference maker, especially when it comes to um, rushing the passer from that nose tackle position. So I like this Dolphins team, but I don't love them. And I think they fall short. I think they go eight and nine. And at the end of the season, I think a lot of people are going to be, I don't want to say criticizing Dolphins, but in terms of. Being weary about Tua's future with the Dolphins.
1: Hey man, that's definitely a fair point. Look, like I don't, I don't think, I don't know if Tua is the future. I think the books definitely still out on him. You know, I, I mean, it's very hard to say at this point. I think he showed at times that he he can win games, but it's not gonna be like people imagined it to be. It's not gonna be like it was in Alabama where he's just you know blowing out every team and. He has, uh, you know, like 50 touchdowns and only a few interceptions in a season. It's not going to be like that, you know. I think there's there's definitely a lot of room for him to improve. And you know, I've heard some people say like, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, like his his first season, he he didn't really show that much potential, and then the second season, he won MVP. And uh, you know, some people might think that that's a reality with Tua. I just don't see that happening. I think. That they they do definitely have to reevaluate the talent with Tua. There's definitely a reason why you know they they were in the mix with uh the Deshaun Watson talks um before you know all the allegations came up. And uh, I I, I don't know, man, I I still got questions about Tua in the long run. I think this defense though of the Dolphins can absolutely dominate. Like last year, you know, um, Xavier Howard, right? He had Xavier Howard, yep, yes, he had 10 interceptions last year. That's more interceptions than some NFL teams had. I believe that's more than uh, what four four NFL teams had in total on their team. And uh, that's as much as 23 had in, in total. Um, so, I mean, that's that's extremely impressive by him by himself. They obviously signed him to, a, a, I believe, a longer contract, even though he yes. still had something like three years left on his contract. But, you know, I think this defense is very good. And I think that if Tua can just – not turn the ball over and their defense is able to replicate what they did last year. I think they're going to be able to win games. Now, do I think that they're going to hit nine wins? I think, you know, I'm going to say that they hit exactly nine, nine wins. I don't think that they're going to exceed that. I think there's just too much, too much competition in this division. I think the Patriots definitely got better and I think the bills aren't going anywhere. So with that, I'm going to say nine games.
0: And another thing about Tua here quickly Uh, last year in terms of, his stats in 2020. He was 29th in the NFL in completion percentage, and he was 26th in QBR. So look, he got the wins when they needed. He was six and three as a starter, but I, I think at times he uh he hindered them from success. And that was apparent when Brian Flores benched Tua for Brian Fitzpatrick on a number of different occasions. Like it's impossible to forget that the Dolphins were rolling with Fitzpatrick. And then suddenly Flores made the decision to bench Fitzpatrick and go with Tua. Uh, and that was unexplicable at a time where Fitzpatrick really had control of that team. And remember last year where it upset the locker room? Well, it would accept Fitzpatrick for sure. Remember that?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, and obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't there anymore. So, I mean, their hands are in the or yeah, their future is definitely in the hands of Tua right now. And we'll definitely see what happens. I mean, they tried to give him a little bit more talent. With, uh, you know, bringing in Jalen Waddle and, I mean, uh, Carr, mm-hmm. you know, Brandon Carr is big on him. A lot of people are big on him. I think another thing that might hinder their success on offense is their running game. I mean, if you look at their running backs, they by no means have any household names on that. Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, Jared Dokes. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. But anyways, you get, <laughs> you get my point. You see what I'm saying. Like, they didn't really do anything to upgrade their running game. And I think that's another thing that's going to hinder them going forward. When
0: you have a young quarterback, I think it is pivotal to have some success running the football. Uh, now, it seems like Brian Flores' uh, philosophy over the last few years has been running back by committee, which is fine if that's the way you want to do it. And if the Dolphins can figure out how to run the ball with Gaskins and Malcolm Brown, then that's fine. But that's a big question mark for them. And Tua needs to be protected. Uh, he, he can't take sacks. He needs to get rid of the ball in a timely manner if the Dolphins are to have any success. I know your co-host, Carr, he's a big fan of Tua. Uh, and he still believes there's some upside with Tua. And that's fine. I'm not saying there isn't any upside with Tua, but I don't want to call this your make or break for him. But don't be surprised if, for whatever reason, if the Dolphins struggle this season, the Dolphins look to uh, bring in another, bring in, try to trade for uh, Deshaun Watson or try to bring in Aaron Rodgers, try to, somebody like that, or even take another stab at the draft. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Tua's, That's still a big question mark, and I'm not writing him off by any means. But it is fair to at least question how he's going to be at the next level.
1: It's very fair, man. I mean, if they don't get to 10 wins this year or even nine wins this year, and it's a big reason is because of Tua, there's no reason why they should give him another chance or another year to prove himself when they're wasting a defense that's arguably top five in the NFL. I mean, you look at this defense on paper, they're incredibly talented, like I said, with Howard just dominating um, with interceptions and having a defensive mind like Brian Flores, there's, there's no reason why they should be wasting this team.
0: And again, Flores' is cutthroat, as we saw, he benched Tua a number of different times. Uh, that's an initial red flag because if Tua was playing the way he was supposed to be playing, Flores wouldn't have had to send him to the bench.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, anything else you want to say about this team?
0: No, I just I pegged them as an eight-win team. That's what I'm going go with, eight and nine.
1: All right, that's fair. I got them 9-8, and eight, but we both agree that they're not going to be touching the playoffs this year, and they're going to be uh, a little bit worse than last season, but we'll see. Uh, next up, we got the Patriots, man, your your team, you know, yes. and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I think they're crushing the over on this. I think that they're going to be extremely, extremely improved this year. I mean, you look at this team last year, and despite all the opt-out opt out they had, besides, you know, all their – their um, struggles on the offensive side of the ball, mainly because of Cam Newton. I know in the earlier episodes mm. of Rough in the Basket, we kind of destroyed Cam Newton. My opinion on him has not changed. I still think that he's the reason why they ultimately lost uh, a good amount of games. I mean, that defense, yeah. dude. The, the the Patriots' defense last year was actually really solid. I mean, if you look at their what they did, they were a top a, a top six seven defense, and they had out opt-out, opt outs on that side of the ball. And they were still able to do well. You know, um, Gerard Mayo and uh, Bill Belichick's son, I believe, were both calling yes. the plays. And uh, maybe Belichick had a little bit to do with the play, calling. I'm not too sure. But I know that they, uh, they definitely exceeded expectations on the defensive side of the ball. And if, if Cam Newton just – if he just played decent half those games, they would have gone into 9-7, and 10-6. So, you know
0: what, Noah? You know my feeling on Cam Newton. I mean – Bench him. Bench him. Everyone knows my feeling on Cam Newton, and everyone knows how excited it was when they drafted Mac Jones. Uh, I think Mac Jones is the perfect quarterback to run this Patriots offense. He fits in so perfectly. His accuracy, his decision making, his uh, preciseness with his throws, his ability to. And tell you what, the quarterback position, I know a lot of it is certainly physical, but I think the mental part of the quarterback position often gets underrated. It's so, I'll tell you what, watch Cam Newton, watch how many times he fails to audible out of a play, uh, change the protection uh, And Mac Jones. We are in the preseason game. Number one, we already saw him start to do that. We didn't see Cam Newton do that in 15 games last year. It's absurd. And, but I know, I know you didn't really dive too much into the roster additions, but just to do that quickly, I think Hunter Henry and John Smith are big additions to the team. Uh, Hunter Henry, if he can stay healthy, he's somebody that can be a difference maker at the tight end position. And same thing with John R. Smith, who I believe is only scratching the surface of his potential. Uh, his yards after catch, his ability to be a red zone threat, uh, I think are two of two important characteristics that he'll have for this team going forward. They also added Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne on, on the offensive end. Nelson Aguilar is coming off his best season of his career uh, in every statistical category. And Kendrick Bourne is somebody that the 49ers have been really clinging to with the last couple of years. And we're sad to see him go. that's just a fact. Go to the defensive end. They added Matthew Judon, who has really developed to be the Ravens' best pass rusher the last couple of years. And watching him in the first preseason game, Judon was an absolute force on the defensive end. Uh, There was a series of three straight plays where Judon just at will was able to get to the quarterback. And on top of that, stop a running back for no loss. He was just a force in that first preseason game. Uh, They also brought back old friend Kyle Van Noy, who was with the Dolphins last year. Van Noy was solid with the team and won two Super Bowls. On top of that, they have uh, Dante Hightower coming back from his COVID absence. So this team got better on a number of different levels. They also added Trent Brown to play left tackle. I'm sorry, to play right tackle. Uh, They're healthy now. Uh, Their COVID opt-outs are back. Uh, So how many wins do you think they get?
1: You know, I actually went through this earlier in my head. I went through, you know, week by week what I thought they were going to do, win or lose. And I think they're going to end up with 11 or 12 wins. I really do. I think that they're going to compete with the Bills for the division. I think they're back this year. If they just have – it all comes down to decent quarterback play. If they just have a, a decent quarterback playing, I think they get to 11 or 12 wins. If not, I still think that they're going to hit nine. Um, I think there's no way they, they finish with the under – like you said, man, that this team got better. They're running back core. I mean, they're going to be running back by committee, but they have James White, great pass catcher. Uh, Damian Harris, you know, Sonny Mich- Michelle is still there. And now they bring in um, Ramondre Stevenson. Tell-, tell me if I'm saying that hey, wrong. You're right. But, that's that's your guy. You're right. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I drafted him my fantasy draft, Uh, you know, rookie fantasy draft with the last pick. And, hey, I, I'm just saying, he looked really good in the preseason. I know you can't really take away too much from that, but 10 rushes, 127 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, I think this guy is going to be a steal for them going forward. Uh, they definitely boosted their their wide receiver talent, in my opinion, bringing in Nelson Aguilar. And then additionally, you know, as you mentioned, bringing in Johnu Smith and also Hunter Henry in the tight end. I mean, we've seen this in the past. When the Patriots are playing good, they have great tight end play. That's just what the, the Patriots like to do. And I think especially when you have a young quarterback like Mac Jones, who I do believe that they will start at some point this season, whether it's week one or whether it's, you know, Weeks six or seven. But I, I don't think that there's any chance that Cam Newton finishes the season a starter. I think he's just going to make too many errors or he's going to get injured or something's going to go wrong. And uh, I think ultimately Mac Jones is going to take over. And I've said this before, my comparison for Mac Jones is Matthew Stafford, and I, I love Matthew Stafford, man. I think just looking at this guy's footwork, you know, that's the first thing that stu- mm, that really stood you're out. You're so
0: to right. Me. You're so right.
1: His footwork is phenomenal, man. He stays in the pocket. Uh, you know, I mean, I think his footwork. I'm not saying his talent. He's nowhere close to Brady, but I'm saying in terms of his footwork, it is very comparable to Tom Brady's. And I, I think he's gonna be the exact opposite of what Cam Newton is. Cam Newton is a running <laughs> back playing uh, quarterback. And Mac Jones is just going to be, he's going to be a solid addition. And I see him being the face of the franchise for the next uh, six to, you know, 12 years. And you know what's
0: crazy to me? When I look at Mac Jones and Cam Newton, it seems like it's not who's going to win the job. It's when's Mac Jones going to take the job. So Cam Newton might end up starting the year quarterback. I I don't rule that. And I think that's probably the likely scenario. But when is Mac Jones going to take over? Is it going to be week five, week eight, week nine? Like, who knows when it's going to be? And another thing that you mentioned that I really, truly was really wowed by Mac Jones was his release time. Uh, He was, in terms of that week one preseason game, he got the ball out so quick. And I thought that was really a big difference. So according to Mina Kimes of ESPN, right? So Mac Jones, his release time for the week one preseason was 2.53. That was seventh. Of all quarterbacks of last year. Seventh. Wow. That tells you how quick he gets the ball out. And that's something that I think a lot of teams are really going to fear when they play Mac Jones. He's quick, decisive. He gets the ball out, uh, makes the right reads. And I think that's so crucial. I think Mac Jones ultimately won't win the job week one. I think Cam Newton will start. But week five, Mac Jones is the quarterback. He's going to be the face of the franchise. He's the future. And it's going to be a home run selection by the Patriots. And tell you what. Mac Jones will be a better quarterback than Justin Fields, and I think that's a comparison that's going to be made for a long, long time. And I'm ready to stick by that.
1: I, that's fair. I, you know, I, I think they're going to be very even in terms of talent for years to come. I do like Justin Fields a lot. No, I, I do too. I
0: think, I, I'm not. I'm not crapping on Justin Fields. But I'll just I take Mac Jones. He's
1: definitely 100 percent going to be better than Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. I'm. am ready to put down a record. I think you know my my thoughts on Trey Lance are already out there. I think he's going to be a bust, but. But, yeah, we're, uh, we're talking about the AFC East today. So, yeah, I, I definitely think this uh, this Patriots team is going to do very well. Uh, is, there, is there anything else you want to say about the Patriots?
0: I think one thing off the top of my head that we didn't really get too too much into uh, is just the ability now to have a full offseason uh, post-Tom Brady where they had a full training camp, full main camp. And they're going to have an ability to instill their culture, instill their program, and I think this year's going to be a lot better than last.
1: One hundred percent, man. I I definitely don't see any chance that they finish under five hundred. Zero chance. Gonna...
0: I I'd put all my credibility on the line.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent, man. I I agree with you. And uh, all right, man. With that, we will close off on the Buffalo Bills. You know, last year had a fantastic run, great season. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen really stood out finally and, and really made an impact. And, uh, you know, the, the two seasons before that, well, his rookie season did show some promise. A lot of people were amazed with uh, what he did on his legs. You know, like I don't I didn't really hear anything about Josh Allen's, uh, you know, legs and, and his speed um, when he was in the dra- draft process. But he definitely proved that he's able to run as a quarterback and, you know, that he was able to. Uh, in the second half of the 2019 season show that he could pass a little bit better, even though his completion percentage was still a little bit low at about 58%. And finally last year, I mean, he just showed up and he played and uh, got 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And even though the, this defense is, is incredible as well. And they, they played overall fantastic last year. Uh, you know, Josh Allen was really what made this team flow. And, you know, I listened to your podcast, uh, Pom- Pombo and Peter's Picks, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I've listened to your thoughts about Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, to summarize, I, I know that you said that you don't think that he's going to be as great as last year, correct? Correct. And
0: just to take the floor from you, Noah, look, Josh Allen, his, his performance in 2020 was MVP-like. But if you take away last year, right, when there was no fans in the stands, right, no fans in the stands, outlier games being played on Wednesdays, COVID protocols, all that fun stuff, right? 2020 didn't exist. This is Josh Allen's career. 15 wins, 12 losses, 30 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 56% completion percentage, and a 49.6 QBR. Sorry, you need a little bit more for me to really put you in the elite of the elite.
1: Hey, that's definitely fair, man. I will say this. I love Josh Allen, but I will admit he was completely overpaid, man. I I think this is outrageous, his deal. Dude, you know what this deal reminds me of? I know this is a different sport. We don't cover this sport here on Rough on the Basket. It reminds me of Miguel Cabrera's contract. Uh. Shout out Miguel Cabrera. He's about hit his 500th home run. Uh, But anyways, uh, you know, that contract was garbage, man. It was something like an eight-year, $290 million contract. He didn't even expect to get that. Anyways, case in point is that I don't think Josh Allen thought that he was going to get anywhere near this length of uh, or, or this much money in his contract. I think that, you know, his agent definitely came up with a home run type of scenario for him. He, uh, I don't have his exact uh, contract out here, but it was something like six years, $250 million, no?
0: Yeah, I can pull it up for you. And uh, the thing with Josh Allen in terms of his contract that really got me is the Bills didn't have to do it now. You know, like they still had a little bit of control. And of course, so it was a six-year deal, $258 million, uh, a maximum of $288 million with incentives. That's uh, th- Exactly. Yep.
1: You know, like, like I said, man, I'm not taking anything away from Josh Allen. I think honestly, like his stats going forward are going to be an average of like maybe 27, 28 touchdowns, throwing maybe five, six rushing and maybe, you know, 10 to 15 interceptions a year. I think that's a quality quarterback in the NFL. However, I I think that they could have gone away with a fraction of that. I thought, you know, Max, he would get paid maybe 30 million a year. Maybe he would get like a, you know, a six year, 170, 180 million, but but to put that Mm -hmm. much money on the line that that's, that's crazy, man. Like,
0: unfortunately that's the market. Now we saw Dak Prescott get paid and we're going to see Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield get paid too. So if you're You're a team. You got to pay your quarterback or you're in a, what you're in a lot of trouble. And I think Allen took advantage of the leverage he had. The bills were in the AFC championship last year. He had the best year of his career, but I just need to see more than one year of Josh Allen MVP like football before I put him in the elites of the elites. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people on bills, Twitter, right? Buffalo bills, bills, mafia, Twitter. will come at me and say, I don't know what I'm talking about and stuff like that. Fine. Whatever it may be, but uh, let's see how Josh Allen performs uh, on the road at Gillette stadium, full fans or on the road at Kansas city, full fan. Like I, I want to see it. If he's this, if he's this once in a generation, like quarterback, let me see it. You know, I, I just, I'm just big year for Josh Allen in my opinion of him.
1: No, it's definitely fair what you're saying. man. I definitely understand. And, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, another another part of this team that definitely needs some evaluating is that running back play. You know, um, Devin Singletary, you know, the stats, they, they look nice. You know, 4.4 4 yards to carry, um, over 156 rushes, had 687 yards and two touchdowns, you know. Uh, and Zach Moss, they also have, an addition to that, and uh, during his rookie season, averaged 4.3 yards to carry. But if you actually break down these two guys and their stats week by week, you're gonna find that they had some extremely inconsistent play and i'm I'm concerned going forward that I mean what do you think of Devin, Devin Singletary at this point I know that we're in a fantasy league together a, a dynasty league I know you got him on your team hey, if you want to trade him in I'll maybe I'll throw in a third or a second I don't know we'll see but uh what do you think of him at this point you know well I thought he was gonna have a better year than he did last year but that didn't come to
0: fruition. And it got to the point where in the AFC championship game against the chiefs, the bills literally refused to run the ball. Like they, they just didn't run the ball. Cause they know they couldn't, you know? So Singletary didn't, didn't work out for him. I thought the bills were going to really not address the position with a big money play here, but I thought they were going to get involved with, I don't know, you name it, maybe take a chance on someone. And they, they didn't, you know, and uh, they would have been a fit for somebody that they're still a fit for a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who's a free agent.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you think that they're you know these running backs are going to improve going forward? Do you think that one of them is going to overshadow the other? or, Well, for my sake, I need Singletary to
0: improve. So I tell you what, Singletary, uh, like you mentioned, the stats are an outlier. He did not perform well last season. So, I mean, uh, the Bills as a team, they didn't run the ball well. Like, you know, they just didn't. And that's something is going to need to improve because in the playoffs, uh, I, I think Josh Allen's going to come back down to earth. So they're gonna need they're gonna need to be able to run the ball in 2020 in 2021, or they're not gonna go anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's for sure, man. I and I think like you know a big thing that they were able to do last year is score points. They had the second most points per game in the NFL, and that was in big part, you know, as we referred to before because of Josh Allen. But I think teams this year when they notice that their running game can't really do that much, and then you know they they just blitz Josh Allen constantly. I think that he's not going to have those same stats that he did last year unless they improve the running game. That's going to be a huge part for them going forward. Um, You know, their defense, like I said, played really well. They, they finished seventh in terms of uh, interceptions in the league in um, being able to obtain interceptions. And uh, you know, I think this, this defense is going to be pretty well moving forward. Now, now the over under for them, very intriguing. It is 10 and a half. I think they're going to hit the over. I still think that they are a playoff bound team. And I do think ultimately they're going to win the division again. However, I'm telling you, man, don't sleep on the Patriots right now. I'm not a Patriots fan, so this is not a bias, even though I'm from Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. But I do think that the Patriots have a shot at winning this division. And I think if the Buffalo Bills fall asleep and if they think that, you know, they have this on lock already from from week one. I think the Patriots are going to win and they're going to steal it from them. So I think they need to watch their backs and they definitely need to, you know, make sure that they're making the right moves throughout the season.
0: So I have the Bills winning the division as you do. I have the Bills going 13 and four. uh, So I think they're going to perform well. And something that we didn't really talk about, because we kind of talked about Josh Allen and their crappy running backs, but uh, their defense is legit. Tredavious White, he is arguably the best corner in the game. It's as simple as that. So their defense is going to really help them win close games. I like this team in 2021.
1: All right, man. That is that is very fair. I, I think, uh, you know, I think this division is really going to be summarized. I mean, maybe the Patriots are going to be an outlier for a few weeks because of Cam Newton, but it's going to be uh, an interesting division to watch due to the young quarterback play. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, obviously Josh Allen is still fairly Tua. young. Tua. Yeah, exactly. Tua. So this whole division, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I think this is going to be a big year for this division in terms of um, just evaluating what their futures are going to be in terms of quarterback. And obviously in the NFL, I mean, having a quarterback is so crucial to winning games. So do you have any more thoughts on this division or any teams in general?
0: You know what? Off the top of my head, I don't. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, and I want, let me ask you this, Noah. Let me ask you this. Since I had you on, Uh, To break down the AFC, since you had me on to break down the AFC East, how would you want to come on and Pombo and Peter's picks and break down uh, your lines in the NFC North?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I'm down, but it's just going to be me, you know, ranting, saying how bad they are the entire time. Hey, I'm down for it. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, man. Hey, well, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you back. This has been Rough in the Basket, the AFC East breakdown. Next week, we are going to be back. Brandon Carr is going to be back, and we are going to be breaking down either the AFC West or AFC North. We'll figure that out throughout the week. But (laughs) but it's been a good time, man, and uh, we will definitely catch you next week.